you have to find your why. Otherwise, you're, you're not going to do it. Like you said, it's just a short-term fix. But if you have, you find your passion that you're really passionate about, it's going gonna, it's gonna to carry you through those hard times. If you really have a passion for it, you'll find a way over that. So I had to deal with a lot of, a lot of bullying. And uh, I remember uh, going in my room a lot, just crying to myself, you know, just going, why me? Why can't I just be like, you know, one of the other kids? And I don't know what it was. I, something changed my head. And I was like, I just got sick of crying all the time. I'm like, I don't want to be feeling this way anymore. So I started focusing on something and I'm like, well, what do I want to focus on? And I thought to myself, well, like I said, as a kid, I wanted to play baseball at a high level. So I think it was between sixth and seventh grade. I said to myself, you know what? I want to set a goal that I make my varsity baseball team. Something was uh, crazy about this. When I started changing my mindset, the other kids changed their opinion on me. You know, that they actually, instead of being these this bully or antagonist, they actually were rooting for me. They were like, oh, you know what? This kid really, really has this goal and he's really working hard. And it, it actually, they started becoming, you know, my biggest cheerleaders because of that change in my, my mindset. It changed the way they looked at me. That's Paul Fortune. And I'm Brian Felchuk. This is Do A Day. You'll hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Felchuk. I know we can all overcome and achieve because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers, welcome back for another episode of Do A Day. My guest today, like all of my guests, has an amazing story of his own trials and tribulations that defined who he is as a person and how he came through them to build a life of possibility when literally from birth, he was told there isn't any, or his parents were told more accurately. Paul Fortune, which is such a perfect last name, it's his real last name, was born with cerebral palsy. He was starved of oxygen during the labor and delivery, and that led to some physical impairments, limitations at birth, where at one or two months old, his mother was told, he's never going to walk. You should prepare for a life of Paul being in a wheelchair. Well, luckily, his parents weren't open to accepting that for what it is and decided they and Paul were going to work hard and were going to fight. And that story carried forward. Even though Paul had real struggles physically, real struggles emotionally with bullying, with feeling different, with feeling like he can't keep up because of his limitations, he also knew the value of commitment. And he developed a sense of what he can do. And while he can't control how people treat him, he can control how he treats himself, which is such a beautiful message. Paul went from a diagnosis of never being able to walk to playing varsity baseball in high school to running a marathon to a successful role in a sales organization where self-confidence and resilience are so critical to success. Today, Paul is a motivational coach. He helps people, as you can imagine from his own experience, he knows a thing or two about overcoming adversity and finding that true motivation. And I'm so thankful to get to share Paul's story with you. Now, a note on a piece of the conversation towards the end, Paul's 40th birthday is right around when this episode comes out. And we recorded 
just before things got locked down and before it looked like that's what was going to be happening due to the coronavirus. So he shares really briefly what his plans were for his upcoming 40th birthday. And as you can imagine, that was impacted. So just another thing that Paul's had to face, you know, not anywhere near as severe as anything else, but I have no doubt Paul rolled with it, found another path forward and focused on what he could do, just like everything else in his life as he's built his story. So let's get into this episode, this story with Paul Fortune. Hey, Paul Fortune, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, Brian. Appreciate it. Well, I'm a fan of your uh, your podcast, and I have a story I wanted to share, and I thought your your forum would be great to do it with. Awesome. It's win-win then. Both get yeah, something absolutely. out of this. Cool. That's right. That's right. Um, why don't you give people a little bit of an overview of what you do today, and, and then we'll, as we always do, we'll dig into the backstory that kind of inspired all that. Okay. Well, I am now a, a motivational coach who uh, who dives into mindset. We go into positive mindset. My my goal for them is to reach out my message to tell them you can do whatever you want to do if you believe in it. Mm-hmm. You the only limitation is the limitation you put on it for yourself. So we go over a six month process of of two uh, conference calls a month, and they can email me throughout you know the month if they have some questions, but. If they have a goal or they're trying to move up in their company or they're shy or whatever, Mm. whatever their goal is, um, you know, whatever their mission statement is, we put a plan in place uh, for a six month period to see what we can do to get them to that to that point. So basically, I want to help people reach reach whatever goal they have, personal or business. Yeah. So it's more varied. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but more importantly, to feel better on the inside, because that's what mo- matters most, yeah. is feeling better on the inside, feeling better about yourself. Yeah, you can't really do those other things if you're still not feeling that way inside. Or you, you might do them for a short while, and then the real feelings about yourself come out, and you find yourself back in the same spot. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, I get why you do so many varied kind of contexts to it, um, but it's coming back to that same place ultimately. Well, it's like what you say, find your why. You have yeah. to find your why. Otherwise, you're, you're not going to do it. Like you said, it's just a short-term fix. But if you have, you find your passion that you're really passionate about, it's going gonna, it's gonna to carry you through those hard times. If you, it's a short-term thing, once you hit that, hit that first roadblock, you'll, you'll stop. But if you really have a passion for it, yeah. you'll find a way over that. So talk to me a little bit about your work as a coach, because that's not what you used to do. You moved into the space and you went in full force, like pretty passionately. I listened to the episode of your podcast where you talked about making that big transition. Um, what was it that you used to, and, and I mentioned your podcast, so that's another thing that you do, but um, you used to have a different career and, and then you push in this space. And I think as people hear more about you, they'll understand why you're so well positioned to do this work. Um, but yeah, what, what were you doing and what was the catalyst to, to push in the coaching full time? Uh, I was a uh, loan officer for a few different companies, and I, I did it straight out of college. And I actually was very, very, very good at it, um, with, with regulations coming forth and and the and the whole bit, whole the transition of the whole um, career path uh, of the of mortgage banking itself mm-hmm. it was getting to the point where 
I, I really didn't have the passion for it anymore. And I was really just getting up every day and just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, but, you know, because I've been in sales, I've always liked the motivation. I've always listened to, you know, podcasts like, such as yours, um, you know, inspirational quotes, uh, books. So I've always had that in the back of my head. Um, and, you know, I got to the point where it was like, you know what? I want to, I, you know, I'm helping people get, you know, loans and, and getting them stuff, but I want to help them from the inside. I feel like yeah. I can really uh, make a difference in somebody's life. And, and so I thought to myself, uh, we, you know, I talked about the fear of failure, um, you know, with myself. Well, I keep saying it to ever the other people. Well, I need to practice what I preach. Yeah. You know what? So I wanted to go in this full force and let the chips uh, go where they may. Yeah. It's really scary. There's no question about that. We were saying before recording, like my background in insurance makes me kind of risk averse about everything. I imagine like, you know, working through loans, it's the same thing as you're trying to spot the ones that are a bad idea and, yep. you know, whether it's going to put your your bank at risk. Um, it's a really scary thing to do. Uh, and that's, you know, that's why I was curious because it, it, takes, it takes commitment and passion and why and all those things. And it also takes courage because you can have all that and still be like, well, but I got these bills to pay. And, you know, if I just keep going through the motions, I've, I feel like so many people, that's their career. It's just it's those motions It's waking up and it's like probably something they got into out of undergrad without really thinking. And, you know, lo and behold, like they get to retirement and they're like, where'd my life go? Oh, absolutely. And, and I don't want that to be my life. Yeah. I, You know what? When I was younger, it was about, you know, making money, this and that. Now it's about fulfilling what I want to fulfill mm. as, as a person. And I would rather make less money uh, but be happier with what I'm doing than, than just kind of, like you said, go through the motions, make, you know, make a good living. But you know what? That money doesn't always solve all your problems. It doesn't at all. Yeah. You know, you may think it does, but it really doesn't. Yeah. All right. So the other side of the coaching is why... I can imagine you are a pretty amazing coach. We got to get into your life story. Um, and I love, uh, I love like, you know, the bio that, that I was reading for you is, uh, it's all about the underdog. And it's like, I find myself rooting for the underdog too. And, um, similar reason for, you know, different, different reasons to be the underdog, but it's like, well, cause I was the underdog. I love that. Um, so tell us about your story and I think people are going to start to get why you are pretty uniquely positioned to do what you're doing. Okay. Well, at birth, uh, unfortunately, I, I was a complicated uh, a labor, and um, because of the complicated labor, um, I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And if people don't know what cerebral palsy is, it uh, it happens a lot of times at labor. It uh, it uh, takes away oxygen from your brain, and as a result of it taking away oxygen from your brain, it it hurts your uh, movement. It, motor skills, and it could be so severe that it could cause paralyzation on one side of the body and also affect your voice. Mm. Um, and when I was diagnosed with this uh, as an infant, uh, two or three months old, the doctor told my uh, mother that uh, it was so severe that I would not be able to walk and that I should uh, get uh, used to being in a wheelchair. Uh, well, thank goodness my mom didn't agree with the diagnosis and went on a, uh, you know, months and months of searching for a specialist that would, uh, you know, that would, you know, try to help me. 
And uh, thank goodness she found somebody that would help me. Uh, you know, he examined me and he goes, you know what? I think I can help this boy. Uh, let's let's get to work. So then that's when we started doing the intense physical therapy every single day. It was brutal. How old are you? When I did the when I started doing the yeah, the, that, uh, that wild oh, physical therapy. I would say from from age from age uh, less than one to oh, so uh, you have like, eight. Yeah. You you had no memory of life before that. It just I mean, it, wow. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, all I remember as as a as you know as a young infant baby is you know five days a week going to physical therapy every single day, wearing braces on my right le leg, and you know just doing different uh, drills to help uh, movement. Yeah. Um, thank goodness I was able to walk. I, I I'm obviously I probably didn't walk you know at the same time as most you know babies, but I was able to walk. And that was the first uh, you know. First celebration of, yeah yeah first goal of yeah. of, th of things but it, it wasn't easy because you know i remember my mom putting me in um soccer at at, at five or six years old and, and i could barely run you know 50 to 100 yards and these other kids are doing laps and yeah. i just felt defeated i'm watching these other kids running laps and i could barely you know run at all yeah. and and having my dad having to tell the coach saying, you know what, this kid can only go this far. And that's yeah. okay, Paul, you run to the light pole and everybody else do two laps. And it's like, ah. So that I have to say, like, maybe I was reliving my own horror as a kid with, you know, being forced to play sports and different reason, but, you know, struggling nonetheless. Um, I, my heart was breaking. Like, why were you being forced to play? Did you want to do it? you know, not, not trying to blame your parents or anything, but like, was it, it, all I can think is like, this is like barbarian treatment. Maybe it's not. Um, what was your take on it in the time? Oh, I, you know, you know, I did not have any ill will, uh, towards my parents for doing that. My, my parents had a great message to me stating, you can do whatever you want to mm. do. So, you know, and, and it was, it's about sometimes feeling uncomfortable, yeah. putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. So they weren't, they weren't trying to make me, uh, um, you know, put me down, but basically trying to raise me up, yeah. um, you know, you know, to see where, you know, where we were at and then, you know, go from there. So no, I, I don't, I don't feel it that way at all. No, no. that's great. That's great. Yeah. Did yeah. you, did you want to quit? Did I did I want to quit playing yeah. soccer that that time? Yes, I I did. Uh, but my mom said, you know what? That's great, but you just got to finish the season. You you have a commitment. You're yeah. we committed to you know whatever three months or whatever yeah. the soccer. And then after that, if you don't want to do it no more, you don't have to do it no more. So yeah. I said fair enough, and and I I finished the the season. Um, did you do it again? I never played soccer again. Uh, yeah. but I, uh, but I, I, I have played other sports, uh, kind of getting baseball, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, growing up, my dad, um, passed away, but, uh, he was a big time baseball guy. And, uh, you know, I would spend hours just talking to him about baseball, watching baseball. And, um, and I thought to myself, boy, that'd be great if I could play baseball at some high level and got, you know, with my condition, I thought, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, when I turned, I believe, seven, um, I had an operation on my foot um, that kind of changed things for me. I, it gave me more flexibility, more movement on my foot. And I'll never forget this. Uh, I changed schools from uh, kindergarten to first grade. And, uh, you know, the first day of physical education, they said, 
okay, everybody, run a lap. And I'm thinking, oh, oh here we go again. I'm going to yeah. be different than the other kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're going to see that I can barely run a lap. And so I started running. And I'm like, I'm running past where I normally stop. And I'm like, I'm keeping going. I'm like, this is great, Paul. Keep going, buddy. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And I kept up with the kids and, you know, all the other kids was no big deal. Yeah. And, and the, and the outside, I try to play it cool. Like, Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. But in the inside, I thought, man, this is the greatest feeling yeah. ever. The first time in my life that I felt like just one of the, one of the regular kids. That's awesome. So that was, that was the first time, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it still wasn't easy cause yeah. you know, I, I walked a little bit differently. I held my right arm a little bit differently and, and kids, you know, in first, second, third grade, I mean, they're, they're, they're brutal, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to deal with a lot of, a lot of bullying and, uh, you know, especially in junior high from, from, I would say sixth to seventh, eighth grade, that was the worst. And I remember, uh, going in my room a lot, just crying to myself, you know, just going, why me? Why can't I just be like, yeah. uh, you know, w one of the other kids? And I don't know what it was. I can't remember what the pivotal point was, but something changed in my head. And I was like, I just got sick of crying all the time. I'm like, why do I got to cry all the time? I, I don't want to, I don't want to be uh, feeling this way anymore. Um, so I started focusing on something and I'm like, well, what do I want to focus on? And I thought to myself, well, like I said, as a kid, I wanted to play baseball at a high level. So I think it was between sixth and seventh grade. I said to myself, you know what? I want to, I want to set a goal that I make my varsity baseball team in high, in high school. So I started going hard. I started throwing the uh, tennis ball by myself against the wall. I mean, it would, it would, the neighbors would get sick of me, but eventually they were okay with it. Um, and, and you know what, something, something was, uh, crazy about this. When I started changing my mindset, you know, I had a goal in mind and I was really focused on it. The, the other kids changed their, uh, their, their opinion on me, yeah. you know, that they actually, instead of being these, this bully or antagonist, they actually were rooting for me. They're like, Oh, you know what? This kid really, really has this goal and he's really working hard. And it, it actually, they started becoming, you know, uh, you know, my biggest cheerleaders, I mean, some of my friends today, you know, I, I couldn't stand them coming yeah. in their freshman year in high school. But, you know, out of high school, you know, they've become one of my best friends because they, they saw something different in me or I, I don't know. But because of that change in my my mindset, it changed the way they looked at me. I do. I, I think that's really interesting. I do think that bullies or, you know, people who are out to hurt someone look for the weakness target and it may not be conscious for them it may be you know they smell the fear like it, it it's just in them mm -hmm. uh, and they act on that and when you change your mindset and you change how you carry yourself you're not that person that they're looking for so their interaction with you changes and the more it changes the more it changes like it starts rolling in the other direction but it it's so interesting to hear how when you found that power within you other people backed off and yeah. you're just, you know, kind of waiting for them to just change is never going to happen. But when you decided to change, regardless of what they're doing, that's what shifted everything. Absolutely. 100%. That's awesome. And, yeah. And, and I was able to make my, my varsity baseball team, I'm happy to say. And yeah. my, my senior year, I batted 300 and uh, I pitched a three hit shutout. So uh, mission accomplished. That's pretty awesome. Where, yeah. where, in, where in the country was this? Uh, Southern California in uh, Long Beach, uh, school called St. Anthony. Well, so baseball's a, 
baseball's a big big deal in a lot of different parts of the country and that's certainly california's one where like there's some real talent oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah. I, there's a couple of kids that i played little league with that actually made it to the big league so yeah absolutely it's our, our weather's good all year round so mm-hmm. i think that 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 plays into it but yeah yeah it's a, it's a big pull of of, of of good baseball players oh that's awesome that's yeah. really cool have you i mean look you you know a lot about mindset and how people feel and all that now have you gone back to that sixth seventh grade version of you and thought about what that trigger to change your mindset was I try to think about it, you know, a lot, especially now, you know, yeah. being a coach, trying to help other people. Um, I don't know whether I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know whether I was watching something. I know that I was crying. Mm. I know that I was crying. And what was I, like and in I, an instant? It was, it like it hit you in an instant? Well, it, it kind of did. Like I, I was like, I just, I was, I, I sat up in my room one day and I was crying and I just had this feeling of, I was fed up. I was yeah. fed up. Like, stop. You know, I don't want to cry anymore. I, yeah. I, I want to, I want to control. What I can control. I mean, I, now I'm saying this now as, as, as yeah. somebody 39, I'm, you know, but that, I don't know how I was saying it back, you know, in, in sixth or seventh grade, but yeah. you know, basically I, I, I felt like I did not want to be feeling that way anymore. And, and I can't control what other people are feeling about me, but I can control how I feel about myself. Yeah. And, and, and because of that, like we talked about, uh, it actually changed the mindset of other people and what they thought of me. Yeah. That's awesome that like in that single moment and, um, yeah, I mean, that's unpacking that and trying to figure out the secret sauce in it. That's, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah. All right. So I, I interrupted your story. Oh, so, so, so varsity yeah. killer yeah, year. So- that's awesome. Yep. And then I, you know, I had that, you know, I had that new mindset because I wasn't that good of, of a student really, you know, going to, uh, you know, going through junior high, high school because I, you know, didn't have that self-esteem. But when I started building that self-esteem, um, I ha- I started gearing my mindset, you know, that that goal I had in baseball and I started doing that in academics. And I went to, you know, uh, uh, City College, Long Beach City College. And I started, you know, for the first time, really getting good grades mm-hmm. and then transferred over to Cal State Fullerton and then uh, led me into I had a, had a good uh, family friend who got in, who was in mortgage, you know, and he brought me in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll never forget this. My first day, uh, you know, my first week of training, you know, the, it's sales. So, as you know, uh, you know, sales is all about up, you know, keeping that 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 up, that motivation. Yeah. Uh, type of thing. So, you know, I was young and pressable and they were, you know, pumping me up this and that, you know, like, so I was like really excited. And I remember my first day where I was supposed to get loans. Uh, you know, I was getting my, you know, it was back when, you know, everything was more paper than it is now. Mm-hmm. So I had to get, I had, was I had the stack of rate sheets and I was going to go to different various places and, and start selling uh, loans. And uh, my my manager at the time, who still I'm still friends with it to this day. He's like, he goes, what well, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, well, I I got my stack of rate sheets. I'm gonna go out and sell loans. And he's like, well, that's all well and good, but uh, you know, like I need to get you some more training. You're straight out of college. You know, let me get you a little bit more knowledge on, on loans. And I'm like, no, I got this. Uh, and so I took out the loans and and I start, you know, and I I did need more more training, but. Um, 
I, 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 looking back, I'm glad I did that because I, I, I'm glad that I took the lumps, you know, yeah. and then I, I came back and I'm like, oh, you know what, now I need to really hunker on the loan side. But that, that part, it, you know, is learned, but the part, you know, going out and putting yourself out there and, and selling loans, that's the tough part. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because I, because I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know that kind of helped me on, yeah. on the other part, because the other part was just you know, just doing the studying part. So yeah. I was proud that I, I went out there and just said, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. I mean, I have a product to sell. If I, if I mess up all well, I'll just keep doing it and do it until, till it, uh, till it gets better. Yeah. till my sales pitch gets better. And, and I became really, really good at, at it, um, you know, for many years. But like I said, with different regulations and different things going on, I, I, I really wasn't feeling the passion anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, watching people like yourself, Brian, and, and everybody like that, I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to do that. I mean, your, your story, uh, Brian, is very inspirational, and it, 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 it touched me because I, I felt a little bit of kinship with you. I know your story is a little bit different than mine, but, but there, you know, it's kind of it's yeah. similar. There's an overlap there. Yeah. So I, I kind of related to you a lot when, when I saw your story. Oh, thank you. And, uh, I mean, I, I think this is a space that – once you start looking around and, and you, you connect with a few people, it, it's hard to just be like, nah, it's not for me. Again, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know yeah. anyone who's kind of played around. You know, may, I'm sure there are people who just aren't interested, but um, maybe you just haven't found the right ones. And, uh-huh. you know, it's it's got to be something that resonates with you in some way, shape or form. Just like you're saying about your job. Like, you've got to find the reason why things are clicking or aren't clicking and pursue that because that's where your actual, you know, your, your passion, your why, all that stuff is, is brewing somewhere else. And you need to go to where that is with a better understanding of what it is you actually care about. Oh yeah. No question. No question. And it's, it's a constant, uh, it's a constant, uh, improvement every day. Cause you go up and down, you know, things happen in your life that bring you down. And, you know, for me, it's a, being aware of it and in yeah. saying yourself, you know, it's so you know it's it's okay if you feel sad, feel angry, but do you want to stay? How long do you want to stay there? How long do you want to be angry? How long do you want to be sad? Um, because I, I feel uh, uh, suppressing feelings is not the way to go. But mm-hmm. I don't want to be down. You know, when I'm down, I, you know, there's a certain amount of time where I'm like, okay, all right, I don't want to feel this way anymore. You know, what can I focus on to bring me back up? And yeah. and a lot of times it's it's what I'm grateful for. Yeah. And that's why I, why I focus a lot on my clients is I, I go every, every day when you wake up, think of something that you're grateful for and change it up every single day. And, and, and you do that over time and your energy becomes real positive. So when you walk into work or whatever you're doing, you have this different glow of energy to, to you and you actually attract more people towards you because you have that, that positive energy coming towards you. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. So gratitude piece, that's something that I'm, I think these things come in lumps, but like there's a lot of discussion about that lately. Um, it's not a new idea and maybe it's just the people I've been talking to, but a lot of folks have been bringing that up and that's such an easy one to just start doing like, you know, people make excuses about meditation or it's not for me or what fine. Um, I think you can get there if you're willing to put in the work, but like gratitude journaling, even just saying, like I always mention this, uh, before bed, my son, like we go through, like, what were you most thankful for today? 
you know, and we just even two, three things, they don't have to be big, but it's an everyday kind of thing. And it's simple. It's like 15 seconds. Everyone can do that. So that's one. What, what are some of the other things that have been transformational for you in how you've changed your life or for the people that you work with? Um, I would say it's it's a lot of uh, looking into themselves. Like a lot of a lot of people when they 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 come to me with with issues, you know, like uh, I I talk to somebody about, you know, uh, oh, you know, my boss doesn't understand me or, or or this or that, and you know, and I'm not trying to put them down or what yeah. what, what have you, but I go, well, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. what, why, why do you feel that way? What is, what, why do you think your boss is feeling that way? And we come to the root of the problem that, you know, uh, you know, like once or twice a week, you're, they're late for work. And I go, well, that right there, that's, you know, you know, there's boss. I've had bosses in the past where the punctuality was number one in their book. If you're mm-hmm. not on time, you know, right there, they have a negative notation towards you. So it was, it was little things that they were doing. Um, and just the, the, you know, the, the attitude they had at, at the workplace, you know, so a lot of stuff that they could control, they, you know, they were blaming on somebody else, but they didn't, weren't looking inside themselves going, you know, what, what can I approve on? Uh, you know, and it's not necessarily, you know, I have the saying, I, I got it from somewhere. I don't know where I got it from, but, uh, don't point the finger, point the thumb. So basically point the thumb back at you. Yeah. You know, don't, you know, don't automatically think that, you know, this, this, this person's out to get you, you know, really evaluate the situation first before you come to that conclusion, because there's sometimes there might be some miscommunication or, or, you know, they're having a bad day or, or, or what have you, you know, I, I liked your story about, you know, the, the, the traveling from the airport, you know, about the, the plumber. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe they had to, you know, they cut you off, but maybe they had to get to an appointment they were late to. So yeah. And so I kind of relate to that a little bit. You really have been studying me. <laughs> so, um, and for anyone who doesn't know what you're talking about, go back and listen to other episodes. There you go. And, uh, and you, yeah. can get, you can get the gist of it. Um, Paul, do you, do you still feel like the CP is a front and center issue for you? Or is like your mom was a fighter on your behalf? You certainly fought through things. Um, it seems like you really created a different situation for yourself through years of very hard work and determination and support. Um, does it still feel like that's a front and center issue for you or is that not really something you, you pay attention to these days? You know, what's funny about that is this, um, you know, for years and years I, I battled this, uh, this, the CP and I never wanted to talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I kind of just kind of internally, uh, you know, did my did what I needed to do, but I never really talked about it. And a few years ago, and I think this is what's helped me through the coaching, was a few years ago, somebody I was looking at a TED Talk and they were saying vulnerability is a strength. Mm-hmm. And it got to me thinking like. You know what? I have this I have this great story that I don't want to share with anybody because I'm embarrassed. And the moment I started sharing the story, I, I felt liberated. So and, and to answer your question, uh, yeah, it's still a part of my life. I mean, it still affects me a little bit, not not as much as it was when I was younger. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I still walk a little bit funny. Um, I still hold my right arm a little bit. But you know what? I, I, I go to the gym five times a week. I ran an L I ran a marathon. Awesome. I thought I'd never be able to run a marathon. I barely could run 50 yards, but I ran a, a marathon in LA. So, That's awesome. uh, 
Yeah, so it does affect me, probably not the same level, but actually, it's actually, uh, I've used it now as a strength as, as opposed to a weakness yeah. and, and sharing my story with everybody. The, your point on vulnerability is so important because a lot of people really do, um, they think that's weakness and it's totally the opposite. Hiding who you are, not opening up to people, thinking you have to put on a front, that's weakness. That's, that's insecurity. That's fear. Absolutely. You know, people always talk about crying being, you know, weak. But you know what? If you're able to, especially for a man, if you're able to show emotion like that, yeah. that's a strength. I mean, obviously, I, I'm not talking about crying every every moment, every day. But if something really moves you to tears uh, and you can express that that emotion, I think that's a strength. Yeah. Um, I'm in the middle of watching Ford versus Ferrari, which is a, I'm a car guy. It's an awesome movie. Um, but yeah, Bill Ford, Henry Ford, the second, like breaks down in tears um, after a very harrowing experience in a uh, prototype GT40 where Carol Shelby tries to scare the living daylights out of him. Um, and it's like you couldn't totally tell if he was laughing or crying half the time. He's definitely crying. And this is like he's super tough. He's super mean. He yells at people and he just like this, you know, bubbling, crying fool. Um, but it's actually totally okay. And Carol Shelby's like a guy, you know, wears a cowboy hat all the time and, um, and he's not making fun of him. He's not doing anything. He's letting him go through that. And this is like sixties. I mean, this isn't a time when that, you know, men cried, certainly not Titans of industry. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, again, like, I don't know what's going on, like vulnerability, crying, gratitude, journaling, gratitude exercises, it's all. It's all clustering for me right now. Yeah, I mean, it's all about, as I tell everybody, it's all about feeling better on the inside. So whatever it is, journaling, meditation, gratitude, whatever it is, do one of them. Mm. Um, you know, whatever you feel more comfortable with, do one of them. And and if you do it and you're and you're serious about it, not checking a box because, you're, you know, your coach told you to do it, but really, really think about what you're doing, you're going to feel better. Yeah. Do you, do you have issues with people in the coaching work where they kind of just want you to give them the answer or, you know, they're kind of thinking about the, uh, like doing the work for you because you asked them to, or they owe you? Oh yeah. No, no question about it. Everybody, everybody wants a quick fix. Um, but you know, there's a reason why they came to me. Right. And, you know, we got to really uncover the, what the real issue is, because a lot of people, when they come to me, they, they come for one reason, but then when we kind of uncover the onion a little bit, we find out the real reason what we need to do. And, uh, you know, one person came to me about, you know, uh, wanting to increase their, their sales numbers, but in actuality, this person's really shy and now we're trying to help them, uh, you know, you know, have the, the ability to make more friends Yeah. because they're, totally they're lonely, Yeah. you know? So it started with, you know, increasing their sales numbers, which, you know, a lot of the stuff when you do in sales, you have to make yourself uncomfortable, talk to different people. Yep. And, he, and this person was struggling with that. Uh, but you know, with, you know, with coaching and, and talking with it, now we come to the real problem that, you know, this person doesn't have, uh, a lot of friends and it's not because they're, they're not, not a wonderful person because they are, they just don't put themselves out there. 
and you got to put yourself out there and, and you know, and hey, and you got you to put your effort out there. If you want a friend, you got to put your effort out there so they know yeah. that you, you know, that you care. It's going to ring true when you talk to someone about that, given your life experience, that you're not just some guy who's preaching from a book. Like, yeah, genuinely have lived through a lot of this. Like, you know, when you when you relate these stories of coming home from school and, you know, letting out the tears like that's really powerful. You know, and that's that's a guy who has struggled with things and um, it wasn't a hidden thing inside. You know, it's everyone could see it and they pointed it out and came down on you for it. Um, that's a really hard place to be. I imagine that that's got to help in your work in that people are maybe more open to what you have to say because they recognize you're not just spewing some crap at them, right? You're speaking genuine truth from the heart. Uh, yeah, yeah. It has to do with empathy. I think they can mm -hmm. feel that I, I genuinely care about them and can relate to them, you know, on a, on a personal level, not just, just a coach to a client, yeah. but yeah, as a person to person, heart to heart, uh, they can, they, they see my story and I'm vulnerable to them. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're, they're vulnerable to me. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that's a, that's a good, I mean, obviously you're the coach, so you got, you know, there's gotta be some boundaries, but that you, I think you, I need to share some stuff about myself for them to get to know me and where I come from. And, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it ha definitely helps them open up to me when they know my story. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, I mean, just the way that not only did you transform your situation a couple of times over. Um, but how you're, you're using that experience to try to help others do the same. I have a lot of respect for that. Paul, what's, what's the next thing that you're working on? I mean, I know that the coaching is, it's front and center right now. What is there, is there something you're building towards or is there somewhere you're looking to take this? Uh, yeah, I would love to get into, you know, uh, motivational speaking and keynote speaking, going and telling my story on stage. Um, that, that's the big goal for me. Um, I'm doing a podcast with another coach, Justin Atherton, uh, actions and limits. And so working on that and, um, trying to build that brand as well. And that can be, uh, you can get that on all, all the podcast venues and on, uh, YouTube. And I will link to that as well. Um, no, that's awesome. So where where can people learn more about your work and connect with you on the coaching side? Uh, they can go to my website. Uh, it's a call to action .coach. Uh, They can uh, look me up on on Facebook at a call to action or on um, Instagram uh, a call and then number two action eighty on Instagram and then you can look me up on LinkedIn at on Paul Fortune eighty. Is that a uh, 1980? That's my, that's yeah, that's uh, my birth. This yeah, is the, the big, the big 40 this year. Uh, yep, yep. And uh, in August, I'm gonna uh, do a. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna do a. a uh, we, it's popular to do a uh, party bus, a okay. double decker party bus, the English style. Yeah. So you know, we'll have a lot of my friends there, and you know, go to a couple good restaurants and have a good time. That's awesome. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. Um. I made my family go to a vegan restaurant, which I was fine with. I think they. Oh no! <laughs> there, there's there's a lot of of talk of like, uh, what do we order, and is it do we have to go out after this? So <laughs> somehow everybody survived. Um, Were they full? Were they full after the meal? Most of them. The, the most okay. interesting thing for me was uh, 
had a peanut butter chocolate cake and people were like the peanut butter tastes like real peanut butter i was like because it is like peanut butter does your peanut butter have steak in it like what's anyway yeah um yeah that's funny well that's awesome it sounds it sounds like a lot of fun um happy preemptive birthday paul thank you for for joining me this is great um i'd love if you would help me close the show out if you're ready to do that i'm ready to do it all right today is a new day so go out and do it awesome thanks so much paul thank you what a great and humble guy i think it's so telling that his original take on his story was not to share it partially because of that embarrassment but i get the feeling it was also like he doesn't want to make it about himself he's here for others and yet sharing that story has so much value and i know that paul sees that today and he makes it a part of his work and it helps him to relate with people but i think that's another piece of this message to take forward is to value your own story and your own journey and to see the worth in that Um, there is something paul said that i find so tremendously powerful in that that kind of wake up that he had in the midst of all those tears in junior high which those are tough years anyway and then think of what paul must have been going through in the way that yeah brutal kids um, the treatment that he was receiving from his peers where he just realized i can't control how they look at me but i can control how i look at me how many of you are suffering from that even if others are treating you well because i know people who aren't getting bullied but for how they treat themselves. Serious lesson for all of us, pretty much literally all of us, to take from Paul's story today. Thank you so much to Paul for sharing that. Definitely check him out, and you can follow him at the links in the show notes, calltoaction.coach, and you can find him in calltoaction80, I think he said, calltoaction80, on Instagram, and I'll link to all of that. And of course, uh, you can check out his podcast, which very thankful to have been a guest on. We'll link to that as well. And uh, it's worth a listen. There's some really great episodes that he and his friend Justin have put together, really cool interviews with inspiring people. And I know if you're listening to this, that's the kind of stuff you like taking in. So I think you will definitely enjoy their show. And of course, the hosts bring great perspective to each of those conversations. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Do A Day. I invite you to dig into this stuff for yourself in your own life. You're already listening to the show, so I'm going to guess that you're subscribed. But if you aren't, you can find a link to subscribe in the show notes or whatever platform you're listening to this show on. There's always a subscribe link, so just hit that button. We're everywhere. Um, joining into Audible as they push into podcasts. We're in Alexa as well, so you can ask your Amazon Alexa device to play the Do A Day podcast, which is super cool. And of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher. Uh, I don't even know (laughs) how many different platforms there are, but it's everywhere, so you should be able to find us pretty easily. And I want you to go deeper with this stuff. So I'd been mentioning earlier in the summer the Do-A-Day Masterclass, that's still there. And you can still dig into your own why. You know, Paul talked about it, finding your deeper why. You can dig into that and do that work yourself with my help, guided, on your time, at your pace. Just go to brianfalchuk.com and you'll see the link to courses. You can get at the Masterclass. 
that way. It's not at that introductory price anymore, but it's also not yet at its full price. It's 149 right now. You can access the course there, and I think you'll get a lot out of it. And if you think about it, if you were thinking about coaching, it's a much lower cost way to get started on that journey and a great investment to make in yourself so you can change the way you view yourself, as Paul tells us we should all be doing. Okay, I'm losing my voice if you can't tell, so I'm going to end it there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the show. And I hope that you're all ready with this inspiration Paul gave us to go out and do it. Thanks, everyone.